everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share the show with somebody else who might also be wanting to start their own business. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody asking questions, please drop them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch, buddy. And, David. And Austin over and, here. And Austin, our producer. No big deal. I've just Not sure how he was fired, but yeah, he's here. <laughs> <laughs> I've just never introduced, but it's fine, guys. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're, He's sniffling. He'll be fine. You know He'll what I need? Fine. I just need the soundboard over here so I can just like mute his channel. <laughs> That's how That's I know it. if I'm ever fired. I come in and the, the editing board is in front of Dave. <laughs> Today's your last day. And he has day. the camera and it's like pointed at them. I just look at it and I'm just walking out. Yeah, it's like all those like old school radio disc jockeys with the whole sound, like all the sound effects at a push of a button. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> did you vote today? Yeah. I voted yeah, today. I, did. I got my sticker on my hat. The yeah. guy's like, do you want, you know, usually they don't ask you, they just give you a sticker. He's like, do you want a sticker? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Of course Who I want a sticker. want a sticker? They didn't have stickers where I went, but I'm also an independent, so that explains a lot. <laughs> we got voting pens. Yeah. Well, Blue Springs does the pens. Oh, okay. But this is the first year ever they ask for them back at the end. They didn't ask for ours back. And I'm like, what kind of socialistic voting platform is this? Remember like, COVID? Whenever you had that, they, like had, they COVID, had the sanitizing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they sanitized every <laughs> pen. You put it back, put it in a bucket, and then they burned it and no. sacrificed it. Yeah. And no. then threw some sanitizer on it. Then you were allowed out to turn it back in during COVID. They were like, you take that germ infested thing with you. Is that what and it was? now they're like, please uh, give that germ infested thing back. For me, it's the opposite. So, I, so at mine, they had. So I filled it all out, and you just left the pen in the spot. No sanitation, no. no. I was like, okay, yeah, we're back to we back. not being yeah. a bunch of fucking jackasses yeah. all the time. Yeah. So no, I voted today. Felt I mean, everybody good. touched the same doorknob to get in here, but we're worried mm. about a pen. They propped the doors open and out at where I went. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. to all of those that vote, good ours job. was pretty funny because they had this bell they were ringing every time somebody said it was their first time voting. Yeah. And so I'm sitting in there, and we had a long ballot, dude. Uh, okay, so Jackson County, where we, yeah, ours was probably the exact same. It was probably close. I, have, I live in Jackson County, but have a Grain Valley address. And you probably had like just a couple more questions for Blue Springs. But there yeah, was, it was front and back. We had a yeah. special one for Independence. It was like just one. Yeah, they all it was did. probably thirty to forty questions. I, wow. You know what I fuck up on every every time, and I do this. I, I intentionally say, okay, I'm going to look up all the judges this time. Yep. And then so, I don't. And then there's so I did look up. So Missouri had two judges that were up, mm-hmm. and so I looked them up on the Missouri Supreme Court. Yep. And so I looked them up. But then, like, the circuit judges, there were 30. And yeah. I was like, I don't have fucking time for this. Yeah. And every year, I'm like, okay, I'm going to look them up. I have six months. I know what I'm... And then, like, the day of, I'm like, oh, fuck. I forgot well, about the judges. So Again, I know, every freaking time. I do kind of more of a passive thing. Um, I pay attention to the controversial decisions that have come down. And then I make note of, like, okay, if I don't really agree with that decision, and it's the judges doing, then... I'll vote them out. Yeah, and that's what I mean by looking it up. So I always say, okay, I'm going to look up all the cases that were important and and see what happened. And man, every year, 
I screwed up. But this year, at least I looked up the Supreme Court judges. I was like, yeah. okay, I, I know what I want to do on these. But the circuit ones, there were like 30. Yeah, yeah, there it's was like, a ton. Holy shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't look them up. I just keep track over the couple of years. And, and if, I there's, if there's one that's bad. Like, so there was, it's kind of funny. There was one that was bad. Like, the way this trial ended was horrible. I actually, this, this woman's <laughs> son was murdered in a road rage incident. And the person who murdered her son is still free to this day, waiting trial, and he's allowed to drive to work and back every day. He murdered somebody in a road rage incident, and he's allowed to drive to and from work. So that judge is out for you. Well, so I I messaged her and I asked her. I said, is this a problem with the judge? And she said, actually, it's not. The judge is being really cool. This is a problem with the prosecuting attorney. Oh, was it Jackson County? Oh, yeah, of course. Jean Peters Baker? Yeah, yeah. Mitch didn't want to say her name. She's a fucking cunt. Yeah. And she should be burned at the stake. So here so, I am ready to add that judge to my list of no's, and she was like, no, he's actually being yeah. pretty cool. So, mm. um, but that, yeah, that's cool. how I handle judges. Yeah. Uh, and, and if I, like, no news is good news for me. I'm like, hey, if I haven't heard about them, they're probably doing a pretty good job. Yeah. So, and that's, that's how I look you know, at we talked about it, and I made a big deal about it. Hey, you have to be involved, and you have to do this. I dropped the ball, and I screwed up. Yeah. That's what I mean by being involved. Know the issues when you go to vote. I mean, that's yeah. like the minimum thing you should be doing, and even I fucked it all up. Yeah. yeah. Makes me mad. So, but yeah, <sighs> that was the longest time I've spent in the polling station for a long time. Like in line half- or sitting? I spent a half an hour probably. Sitting in or line. in line? Uh, probably. Like total. What do you mean total? It took you 30 he minutes. He messaged total. me at the end of the line. He was like, holy cow, this is going to take forever. Yeah, I went there. It was like, I was gonna, I'm was gonna. i going to go voting. I'm going to come back and start editing. And I left at 12. And that's why I texted you because I'm like, I'm not going to get back in editing until like whatever. Yeah. yeah it was a long line. It's, there was no line at mine. The voting was long. The longest line I've ever been in was the Biden-Trump yeah. election i waited out so the polls open at six in missouri mm-hmm. and i was there at like six ten in the morning and the poll or the line literally was probably 300 feet long it went out wrapped around a building and then they had cones set up and it ra- snaked in the parking lot for like 300 feet at 610 i barely was in the parking lot yeah i'm like and i ended up waiting I think it was an hour and a half just to get to the door, and I got there 10 minutes after the polls opened. They so told, brave of you to danger, they, to they, brave COVID. Well. Oh, I know. So <laughs> stupid. People were outside in their masks, in their cars, with their mask on, the windows up. Like, what do you... Come on, bro. They, they told us that there were 60 people when the doors opened at our precinct, so that's a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see what happens. So Missouri tends to go... A pretty predictable path. Boring, but. Missouri was boring this year. Like, yeah. it was pretty, okay, these are what's going to happen. This yep. is what we're doing. But then the rest of the country is a train wreck. So, yep. I want to say during the Trump Hillary that are the precinct that I voted in when were blue. I want to say that our, pre, our Jackson County was blue during the Hillary well, Trump. So, Jackson County gets weight, like Jackson County, St. Louis County, Boone County. Yeah, they're weighed down. What's County of Springfield? I don't know what county Springfield is, but that's almost always red. Yeah, it's uh, very rarely your your four most populated big cities in Missouri. You've got Kansas City, Columbia, St. Louis, and Springfield. Those particular counties will always go blue. Mm-hmm. The entire rest of the state will go red. So well, so that's not I true. I always say always. That's most not true. of the time. 
Yeah, that's it was either like Blue Springs or like Jackson County. I feel like unless I was just looking at it completely wrong. I mean, it would have been Jackson County stuff for you in Independence. Yeah, so, you been Jackson well, was, County. There was nothing Blue Springs particular on our ballot. I was um I was south of Blue Springs yeah, during that election. Yeah. Um, so. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah, interesting stuff. Vote, vote, vote. Vote. Vote, vote, vote. What do you want to talk about, man? So you got a couple topics or got what? a couple. Let's say uh, let's say so so for Jorge, I'm gonna have a by now sip of whiskey. Have another. I'm not gonna choke of, this time, dude. That, that dude's got three shout outs and three shows in a row. I didn't shout him out last time. Yeah, you did. You were cussing him. <laughs> was I cussing? But fucking Diaz was By the time we're Diaz. done, like in two years, like yeah, we're gonna, people like, are probably it. tired of hearing about him. How do you talk about this idiot all the time? He's gonna have like Send so us some whiskey. And we'll talk about you too. That's what it is. He's That's gonna have true. So much funding his That's kids' true. college. He's gonna be like, well, the kids' college is paid for because. The Void Podcast. Yeah, and Sazerac sponsored me. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Powerball drawing came down today. It was supposed to be announced last night, but technical errors, technical errors, technical errors. Do you think California cheated? No, nah, who knows? Oh, I say yes. You know, I. we'll get into that in a minute. All right, uh, what else you got? Powerball. What else you want to talk drawing about? Drawing amount was $2.04 billion. Dollars with a B. So not what was the cash like? Cash out was nine hundred and ninety-seven point six million. So after you pay taxes, you get five hundred million dollars in yeah. cash. Yeah, somewhere in there. Do you think that they would bring that to you in hundred-dollar bills if you requested it? Let me ask you, you, you this: just roll around in it. Most people. That's what I do. Most people are going to take the cash option instead of the annuity. The annuity is paid out over twenty-nine years, so yeah. the annuity would pay you before taxes. The annuity would pay you seventy million three hundred and forty-four thousand dollars, three hundred forty-five thousand every year. Every year for twenty-nine years, would you take the annuity at seventy million a year, or would you take the one-time lump sum of nine ninety-seven? Do I get the first annuity like right off the bat? I believe so. Let's just assume you do. Let's assume you don't have to wait 365 days for your first payment. Well, let's just... Okay, so let me speak for a second. So back when they would... Like a big one would be $400 million or whatever, I was taking all the cash. Like yeah. that was my... I was like, no, I'm taking all the cash. I'm going to buy the things I want, and then I'm investing the rest anyway. And then that investment's going to give me a check every quarter. Yep. Or every year. How, you know, however I set it up. At $70 million a year, I... Th- think i'm probably taking the annuity yeah i mean with the you annuity you're leveraging when you die right because the annuity cannot roll over to family no it stops the day you die but that's a lot of money it is a lot of money so what's 70 so what's 70 times how many let's, so if i live 10 years that'd be 700 million let's do the math here real quick so i'm probably taking the annuity at that high number six oops 997 six uh-huh there we go Divided by seventy three forty four eight twenty seven. I mean, so in fourteen years, you would have your nine hundred and ninety seven million. That's what I'm and saying. And you still have another fifteen years of annuity coming. Oh, you're still paying taxes on that, bud. Yeah, yeah, you're still paying taxes on so, all that. So really, both of these are pre tax yeah. numbers. Yeah. So really, yes. When the number's that high. And you're my age, you're taking the annuity. How old are you? 41. Okay. So you're taking, you, I mean, you're taking the annuity. 
You know what I mean? I'm not betting that I'm going to die in five years. Now, if I'm 75, if I'm I'm 60, I'm taking the cash option because I got another 15 before I I physically slow down. Give me my fucking money. Yeah, I want a yacht. I want a private island. You know what I mean? I want, you know, all that stuff. And then I can take all that money and invest it in things that I can then hand down Mm -hmm. to -hmm. the next generations. So I would say that, you know, depending on your age and the amount of money is what would, you know, deter me from one or the other. But like right now, I would take the annuity. I mean, in 10, literally in 10 or 15 years, I've got the same amount of money. It's actually probably it's probably less than that. It's probably half of that because I'm still taking the money that I'm getting and investing that money also. So it's yeah. really probably half. So I'm definitely taking the annuity. Yep. I at my age. I would immediately. So this is the, the group that I've gotten a part of with Apex. There are some insanely wealthy people in there and your, people that are your paid cheerleading group. Paid cheerleading. Yeah, he's group. paying guys to cheerlead him on. Go, Mitch. Go, Mitch. There, there's nobody cheerleading me on. They're in that cheer- group. Yeah, they're puffing you up. So you love it. I would probably <laughs> reach out to some smart people in that group before I even made the decision. Um, I mean, there's one person that's affiliated with that group that he individually is worth like 800 million. So you'd be worth him more than him then. Well, no, after taxes. <laughs> not if you're taking the annuity. If you're taking the annuity, then maybe not. But. It's net worth based on years left. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it just kind of depends. But there there are definitely some opinions there that could wager in on lump sum, what you could do with that over the 15 years where the annuity would have to match up to it. And You know what Rex Hudler calls that? Paralysis by analysis. We, yeah, like we, after we talked you, about that on this show. Like literally after you talk to 20 smart people, you're like, just as confused as when you started. Yeah. So it's like, you know, Rex, <laughs> Rex Hudler was tailgating two spots down from me, two cheese. I know. Ago. I saw that. Yeah. Pretty fucking cool. Rex. He's a character. Yep. That dude is a character. He has a zest for life. Unlike a lot of people. <laughs> so what are you doing with the money? Oh, okay. So am I taking the cash or the annuity? Either which. What's your, uh, Obviously, you're going to invest it. You're going to put in something that recurs on investment. And all yeah, that. you're like, asking me the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's your big thing you're going to go buy right off the gate? Uh, a ranch either in Colorado or Wyoming. Maybe Montana. Awesome. In, in the mountains. And I'm talking, and I'm not talking like ranch. I'm talking like five square miles. Yeah. I'm talking humongous with a big house, a guest house. I mean, I'm talking the works. Yep. The second thing I'm buying is a beach house opposite. And I'm just going to go, I would just be going back and forth between the two. Yeah. And then Where's I would your beach house. America. Oh, America for sure. Uh, probably Florida keys. I, I would say either Gulf side of Florida, Gulf side in Texas or Florida keys. Unless you could, unless no you California. Could, fuck California. <laughs> <laughs> the warmest ocean. I don't know. You get that much money, you might be able to. Dude, the warmest ocean and the best weather is in the Caribbean. Yeah. That it's better. Than, it's ten times better in California. That's where I'd be. And then I would also. So after I like the first few initial projects, I would be donating a lot of money to a lot of people. A lot. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm I'd, giving, I'm coming to Mitch. And I'm like, Mitch, dude, we've been, I'm giving you five million bucks, buddy. 
Love you. I'm giving it to you. Austin, you're getting $7. <laughs> like, I haven't known you long enough. You're getting 8 bucks. But, I mean, I would – there are some – like, you, I know have some, to hire somebody to, like, vet the – charitable contribution thing right like you'd want to make sure it's being used wisely well this is i'm kind of weird like i know the people that i would like i already, already know got who I would, yeah, yeah i would know yeah i would know who i'm giving the money to yeah like i'm involved in the community you know enough to know that hey i i know these people are good and we getting the money yeah i know that disabled veterans would be getting a ton of money yeah you know i know that there are three or four churches that I'm really good friends with people that are part of those churches. They'd be getting a lot of money. Right. You know, the children's hospitals would be getting a lot of money. Yeah. You know, cancer studies would be getting a lot of money. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not giving it to Susie, Susan B. Komen because I know that she makes like five million a year off of donations. I'm not giving it to her, but like, I have a hard time with some of the medical stuff. Yeah. Based off of some recent things I've learned, I, I just. Yeah, you gotta be careful. Yeah. There's, I think there's a lot of things where the cure is delayed just because not having a cure profits more than having a cure. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, that's tough. Austin, what are you doing? Uh, Tithe to my church and or pay off the church building slash debt. Um, you're talking about, dude, you're, we're talking about enough money to pay off like 27 churches' debts. Yeah. You just go out there and be like, boom, I'm saying I got for money. you, what's your frivolous spend? Well, that that's it. Just like I always want to tithe on it first. Are you, um, are you still going to have a car with a windshield that's broken? I'm about to say my list, Mitch. Gosh, thank God. <laughs> are you, are you, are you? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> are you? Are you? It's taken eight months, but I'm finally rubbing He's off on out. Austin. I'm finally rubbing off He's on him. He's coming out on a shell, <laughs> roughing him up a little bit. But uh, yeah, so it's um, either a ranch or just a nice house and a lot of land, horses. Uh, for my wife, maybe some sheep. I've always wanted sheep. Bah. Yeah, he's awesome of a sheep. Um, getting Ari Alexa. Um, start a film production company. Wait, get a get a what? Ari Alexa. Well, Fuck's an Ari I don't know Alexa. what that is. It's just a just a high level cinema camera. They're like ninety grand, hundred grand. Oh, he's okay. 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 He's having video equipment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, my scope isn't as huge, but yeah, it's just you know, it's for me. It's it's not about like oh, I'm gonna like start this business and that business. It's literally just like being set for life, getting something, getting stuff my wife would enjoy, like horses and a lot of land. For me, it's like film, production company, to where we can just yeah. spend all the time together. I'm not, I'm not working at all. Like, I, I shouldn't say that. Like, on the ranch I buy, I will work on that every day. Right. Like, I, you know what I mean? I'm not hiring 7,000 ranch hands. I I will do that, but I'm not ever working to make money again. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I like working. I like going outside early and doing shit. Yeah. And like, being outside. Like, I'm probably the the uh, the black sheep one out here is because just, like, it's um, very much... There's, like, this sort of culture of, like, the hustle. And, like, as soon as you get... As soon as you're successful, it's, like, start this business. And, like, I don't like being... And I don't like a lot of variables going at once. I don't like being involved in this and turning over and making that. For me, it's like I know what I want. My wife knows what she wants. And so it's like, you know, we just do that. So what Austin is saying is hanging out with me gives him anxiety. Because no I, I have a tendency to overcommit myself. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just the, uh, I'm the balance. First off, 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. We're, if Mitch and I worked together, it'd just be a there'd just be a pool of blood in the shop before mm. anyone rolled up. We're no, gonna do this, and we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do this. No, fuck, we are. Yeah. I mean, it'd just be over. But well, I get it. Like, it Austin just wants to. Okay, I can just. I've got this stuff. Now I can relax. And if I want to shoot this video or movie, I can mm. do it if I want. Yeah, we kind of get it. We definitely kind of balance each other out a lot. There has been a couple weekends where I just shut off messenger and i'm like i'll just check mitch's matches on monday <laughs> because there's like so it's almost like i think a, i'm gonna get him a set of brass knuckles and just like whenever <laughs> and just give to be like hey man when he pisses you off just punch him in so the face here's the thing just put these on with text messaging you can schedule the delivery of messages mm-hmm. with messenger you can't i wish uh, you could because okay. i tend to message the moment something comes into my mind and i have mm-hmm. like if it's outside of working hours i have zero expectation somebody's going to reply it's more or less like I'm putting a note out there. Yeah. Do it later, right? Yeah. And well, with text it, messaging, you can schedule all those to land the next business day in the morning. Yeah. But well, with, I mean, with Facebook, like Austin well, and I and spend most are, of the time messaging on Facebook, and you can't do that. And people are different, too. Like, so mm. Mitch and I have known each other long enough that he knows that if he sends me a message mm. and I don't respond for, like, six hours, he knows I'm just doing stuff. Yeah. And when I see it, I'll, oh, man, okay, and, and I'll send it to him, and he knows that. But, like, if you are getting... This is we're completely off topic. When you don't know someone really, really well, like, and I message a guy, you never know how they're gonna take it. Yeah. Like, why is this guy fucking messaging me at five thirty in the freaking morning? Like, does he expect me to get up and just be at his beck? No. That's just like if Mitch sent that to me, it'd just be like he was up and okay, you know. Call me a boomer, but if it's important, I'm calling. If I, mm. The fact that I sent a message yeah. means that I don't expect a reply until you're ready and available. Yeah. Like, I'm like, if it's important, it's a call. Uh, like, yeah. hey, dude, hey, where you at? Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because of, like, where I've come <laughs> from, from <laughs> this sort of, like, the restaurant world where you're, like, expected to be at someone's beck and call. Like, literally, yeah. I'm, like, so strict yeah, on that. Exactly. It's going to sound crazy. I'm going to say it. Literally, it could be 459. And if it hits five, I'll stop mid-conversation texting with somebody. Like I'll be sending out thumbnails and some of this. I'm like, hey, once it's 5 p.m. on Friday, out. I won't. I, I'm not gonna talk to you until Monday. At, <laughs> I love it. Like yeah. he knows too. Like I'll literally yeah. be mid conversation, just nothing. Yeah, <laughs> and there'll be there'll be weekends. good for you sending sticking to your guns, Austin. Well, there'll yeah. be weekends where I send him I don't know five or six messages just over the weekend. And there, there's no expectation that he's going to reply. It's like literally just... Like on Monday at 7, there's just like something. 30 yeah. in a row. I use Messenger almost like notes to where it's mm. like, I'm going to send Austin a note. I'm going to send Austin a note. Like, you know, and that's just is what it is. And so. I mean, because like we're... I, I've learned that just because I remember being like a, a general manager of a restaurant where it's like one more thing turns into like... 30 more things and the next thing you know it's like 9 p.m. and you've been at the restaurant since like yeah. or McDonald's since like 7 that morning that's all jobs yeah. I feel like sometimes and as soon as you're about to leave like someone else comes in and they have a problem you gotta fix that one this and is like, why you need to watch the movie Office Space yeah. you would Office freaking Space. love we it we need to have like a we need to have like a, an exchange month where I take all my movie references and I and you watch them and I watch all those I'll trade you movie for movie I've seen I, I haven't watched a movie in like fucking 10 years of it like sat down and watched one. Yeah, I like watched. Like start to finish. I watched I Am Legend this weekend. Danielle was gone for a minute, and she <laughs> came home, and I'm halfway through it, and she's okay. like, "What are you doing?" Danielle doesn't watch <laughs> movies. Like she'll she'll have a movie playing, and she's just talking nonstop. Yeah, yeah. First off, yeah, I've yeah. gone down there, and she, I've been like, "Hey, what are you doing?" I'm watching a movie. 
She has it, literally. She's looking at her phone. Doesn't look up at me and says, "I'm watching a movie while typing." I'm like, yeah. "No, you're not." And no, you have not. to be whispering to hear the movie because it's like talking. And then she'll this. be doing her thing, and I'll, I'll literally be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah. And then she'll look up and be like, "I'm watching a movie, still typing with her thumb." <laughs> no, you're not. No, you're not. What are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Why? Watched, why is the? D- I watched I Am Legend this weekend, and she was just amazed that like I sat down for two hours and watched a movie. You know what the good thing about movies is? This is. Very interesting. I was reading an article the other day that talked about. Um, oh, this is going to sound so stupid. I googled how to get rest as a construction worker because, like, I am sometimes I'll get home and I'm just like flat wore out. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, how do I? It, it's going to sound so stupid. Like I'm so sore, but then I get home and I'm like, I have things to do, you know? And so I'm just, I'm doing them I'm in the yard. It's in the summertime. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I'm doing this. Next thing I know, it's eight o'clock. I got to go to bed. I wake up. I'm tireder than I was when I fucking <laughs> laid down. And it said, literally was talking about watching movies. Yeah. Like you should sit down and completely immerse yourself. Not like on the couch with the windows open and with your phone. Like, no, have an area where you can sit down and it's black and watch a movie. Yeah. Because something about the way your mind works when you're completely submerged, it's almost like uh, REM sleep mm-hmm. where your body can shut mm-hmm. down. So when we ever we finish our basement, I think I'm putting a theater in down there. Well, mm-hmm. so what I do whenever I'm having, like it's I'll like, go man, through bouts. Okay, maybe you start watching movies again. I'll go through cycles where I'm struggling sleeping. I just get a lot of my mind or whatever. Yeah. And so Last I'll go night to, I didn't sleep at all. I'll go to bed. We have a TV in our bedroom. It's rarely on. Like, we usually don't watch TV in the bedroom. Danielle turns it on so she can look at her phone and lay in there. Right. <laughs> um, it's it's rarely on, but I'll go to bed and I'll turn on. I've got, like, two or three old TV series that I've probably seen 20 or 30 times. But you like watching them. Between the two or three of them, yeah. Like, Dexter. I've seen Dexter, like, seven times. And I'll watch... I'll just turn it on and start watching the series because... You already know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. it's still like you still kind of catch some things. Yeah. But since you already know what's going to happen, it allows your mind to check out from the day and get tired. And oh, after about an sense. episode or two of Dexter, I'm out like a light. Really? It's the weirdest. Like, so Danielle knows if I'm watching Dexter, it, like my anxiety, levels, long, yeah. my anxiety levels. You're a trying to high. get some serious rest. Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, like for me, it's the wake up call. I mean, unfortunately, I didn't have a very like soft wake up call. It was. I was working at a job. I was the general manager of McDonald's, and Mitch described it. I was the the case of the micromanaged guy in a sort of job where I had little to no hobbies. Yeah. No friends, no this. And, like, I drove to work, and I was a mess, like, like borderline, like, suicidal. You I, need to watch Office Space. Yeah, I, so I drove I'm into... serious. I remember driving to work on, like, one of the busiest days of the year, and I didn't even get out of my car. I went to actually go... And, like, I literally mentally couldn't even get my arm to, like, open the door. Yeah. Like, I was that, just gone. And yeah. I just went home. And, like, my little plan was, I'm just going to lay here until the police come and evict me from my apartment. <laughs> my parents, I drove, like, I went to drive home. <laughs> See, I shouldn't laugh, but you're exactly right. It's just like all the space. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, I remember, I remember driving home. And I, it must have been a God because, like, my parents drove past me. They hardly ever drive past me. And my dad called me and was like, hey, like, uh, are you going to work today? And I was like, no. <laughs> it was like a mess or whatever. And so they lifted me up. You know, he gave me, you know, they 
they gave me enough money to survive for a month, and they just said, like, literally for two weeks, don't do anything. Yeah. Like, get yourself back in, eat, that sort of stuff. And it's like, I had start from ground. So that's kind of like my... That's like that, literally in all the space, the guy goes to the counselor, <laughs> and he says to him, um, I hate my life, and so every day is worse than mm-hmm. the day before. So every day you see me is the worst, the day, worst of day of my life. life. Mm-hmm. Is what he says. And the guy the society the is like, like wow, that's messed that's, up. That's messed <laughs> up. Like literally, that's where you were at. Like yeah. literally every yeah. day. And was I mean, the worst we've all been there. Like, so yeah, some of it was like, a lot. You know, some of it was my fault too because I love chewing on things like mentally in my mind. So I would have no hobbies and like anything I did outside of work was for work. Not because they were like, oh, you have to do it. I'm like, oh, how can I make this better and that better? And it's like, yeah. So that's kind of that's why I am the way I am today. That's why whenever it's like I know it sounds like really harsh, but like five p.m. on Friday, no, you don't hear from me. Those until, are those are called boundaries. <laughs> hey, and they're yeah. very healthy to have. Hey, bitch, I'm out. Yeah, but but here's the cool thing. I messaged Austin Saturday night. Was it Saturday? It was um, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I messaged Austin Saturday night. We threw like a everybody at work like, hey, let's go out to dinner and mm-hmm. enjoy each other's company. Thanks for the call. Well, you don't work for us. Appreciate that. But I, I think, so, feel like I'm doing this for negative money right now. I, I have a... <laughs> like, like, every day it comes, it you just and me both, costs man. me a piece of my soul every fucking day. So like, I have a group text with all the plumbers in case I need to send out a message to all the plumbers, right? And I, I sent out a message on the group text that said, hey, how about you guys want to get to dinner, get together for dinner, you know, 7 o'clock. And I totally forgot. Like, my wife is with me. She works for us, so she's going to get the message. Our other dispatchers, one of our plumber's wives, she's going to get the message. I totally forgot that Austin's not even on this group. Like, I went to the group text thinking it was the fastest way to communicate to the whole company. And you didn't even text Completely Austin. forgot Austin's not mm. on it. So it's like, I don't know, when did I send the message? Like 6.30? Well, it was 55. <laughs> 6.55 <laughs> Whenever I got the message, you called me at six fifty two. I didn't get the, I didn't see a message until six fifty seven. Yeah, and so and I'm, I'm like, hey, we're uh, going to dinner tonight. If you want to join, like everybody's going to dinner, and he's like, okay, cool. When and where? And I'm like, <laughs> I told him when and where. Seven at seven minutes, and he's like. All right, we'll head that way. <laughs> yeah. So he's thinking free meal. I'm going. Well, yeah, heck yeah. Heck yeah. It's like you know. Yeah, you gotta take so, what you can get, man. We went there and then we went out and played some darts and just low key fun mm-hmm. evening. Mm, must have been nice. Must have been nice. Must have been nice. I was actually watching Layla at soccer. Maybe, maybe one of these nights we'll do a void podcast. Oh, fuck you! Outing. Don't, don't, don't send me. Don't, Shit, our know, budget is don't kiss really thin. We have no budget. <laughs> we have no budget. We have negative budget. We can go to the soup kitchen with mm. the the void podcast. Okay, budget. I'll pay for dinner. Jesus, <laughs> soup kitchen. Hey, we, you, you got we got dinner on the line here, buddy. I know. You know what I realized the other day? So I, I went back and was kind of reading some of those um, NFL rules. No, uh-uh. the uh, like what they've done, and they usually don't wait until they usually wait until after the law has done their deal. Yeah, if it's it a could, legal man, thing, that could be eight months from now. Well, he's already gone to court. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they haven't they haven't done anything with yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it could it could literally be another eight weeks. It could literally be you another want, six months. If they so decide, if, hey, we want to continue the deal, 
I mean, we're not getting. It, it could literally be eight months. So where's where's my not notes that I on care. this? What's the where's my notes? Where's my notes? Not, not that I care. You know, I'll stand up for my bet. I just it could be a while. That's so all. we got. Oh, that's all I'm saying. We got a five and a half game under over over under. Yeah. Probably should, I should have said that like five. What was the what was the betting thing? Who wins what? If Devontae dinner. Adams, so I have to buy him and Danielle dinner. When, so it's like maybe in a year you'll have almost enough to buy dinner from your your Void podcast earnings. I will no. not have enough money. He, he could double his earnings today, today and still have zero dollars. I won fifty dollars today. That has nothing to do with the podcast. No, though. but it can pay for part of that dinner. <laughs> you come in and you're just like, hey, Mitch, I bought a two dollar scratcher and I want more money than I've made so, here. Yeah. So for the newer <laughs> listeners, Dave and I have a bet. Devontae Adams shoved a photographer. As he was walking into the Chiefs' tunnel. Yeah, after they got their asses whipped. After they got their asses handed to him by the Chiefs. I said six game suspension. And Mitch said under five. Yeah, and this is kind of based off of Willie Gay getting suspended for, what, four games? Yeah, Do you for, know since he's been back, he's been a fucking terror. Yeah. Willie Gay got suspended <laughs> four games for breaking his ex-girlfriend's vacuum. No, his vacuum that he bought. Yeah, he bought it. He yeah. broke a vacuum valued at under $1,000 in his ex-girlfriend's house. I think it was valued at like $50. And so we're, we're basing <laughs> the NFL's fine suspension so thing stupid. off of the vacuum so broken stupid. scale. So, so well, the thing is, maybe it's like you said, he's like worried. He's mad now because it's like when you're in the NFL, if you have problems, you at least don't have to worry about it when you're playing the game. But when you're suspended, yeah, you're just like having to force face your demons. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, exactly. if you're <laughs> so, how many games? Is, like the the bet is we have a five and a half game over under on on how many games Devonte Adams gets suspended for shoving the photographer. Uh, yes. And I'm betting under five. Dave's betting over five. Yeah. Uh, I'm betting under five and a half. You see that meme where it's like the photographer showing up to court the next day, and it's like the guy like in a full yeah, he's in a full body cast. (laughs) Me showing up to court after Devontae Adams pushed me. Yeah. So. Oh my God. It's kind of funny because I had like emotional ties to it because I'm like a photographer, but like as time goes, I'm just like (laughs) I feel like whenever you whenever you brought it up, I'm just like, oh yeah, that like things like that's like distant memory now. I'm telling you, it's a minute. It's like it's weird how you get fired up about well, things. No, I mean, the NFL will pick the like. So the Raiders suck, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Like they suck horribly this year. But don't worry. I think you mean every year. The moment they start getting on a hot streak, ironically, yeah. that's when the NFL will hand down the suspension to Devontae Adams. Yeah. Just wait. It's like a Hunger Games. Like we talked about that one yeah. podcast. They've they've already gotten the suspension written up, mm-hmm. and they're just waiting. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the moment the Raiders start getting on a little bit of a hot streak, they're like, theory. hand it down. Oh, <laughs> yeah. God, at least they're not as bad as the Saints. God, they're awful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You give Derek Carr a 17-point lead, and you can guarantee a loss in that game. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's got to have at least a 32. <laughs> what else you want to talk about, right, Mitch? So, what um, else you got? Give last, me something. Come last on. week, my, uh, the school district that my kids go to, they sent an email to all the parents with the most in-demand occupations for the next 10 years. This is the state of Missouri released their projections for the most in-demand occupations. Within the next 10 years or 10 years from now? Uh, 2020 to 2040, I believe. That'd be, the tw- that'd be 20 years. Um, 18 years. 2020 20 to 40 is uh, 20 years. 2020 to 2030 
Oh, that's and they update it every year. Oh, okay. And so this list highlights that 10-year span. Gotcha. But it also puts a focus on their they like their 25 newest additions to the list. Uh, the list is in alphabetical order, so it does not give you like an order of importance. But there's 150 occupations on this list. And we can read through them, you know, sheet metal workers. Um, read me some. Just, just go down. You don't have to be in order. Just read, read let's some just, Yeah, I'll just try to – like it's in alphabetical order. Like so just read like every fifth one or something. I don't care. Architect, uh, agricultural and food service technicians. We got audiovisual equipment technicians. Austin. Um, we got billing and posting clerks, brick masons, uh, cabinet makers and bench carpenters, chefs and head cooks, child care workers, commercial pilots, dental assistants, dental hygienists. I'm just kind of fastly scrolling through here. Elevator installers and repair personnel, emergency medical technicians and paramedics, firefighters, um, a whole host of first-line supervisors for construction, mechanics, office, police, fire, medical, retail workers. So basically they're looking for like, like those, department those, managers. Those type of managers make 75, 80 grand a year. Yeah. Um, food service managers, healthcare support workers, um, of course, plumbers, pipe fitters, and steam fitters are on there. They're on there actually twice. They're in there for the helpers category, but they're also in there for the main category. Mm, um, overpaid. Locomotive engineers. Yeah, right. Losers. Uh, <laughs> locomotive engineers, insurance sales agents, landscapers, medical equipment preparers, medical equipment repairers, millwrights, and so on and so on. Um, going through this list. There's 150 occupations on this list, and less than 16% of these most in-demand occupations require a college degree. Yeah, we've talked about it a thousand times. You know, for the last 40 years, well, 30 years, you have to have college. You have to do this. You have to take out loans. You have to, if you're not, you're going to be a nobody. Right. It's not true. Nope. I make more money than... A ton of people that I know personally that went to college. Yep. Like some of them double after they paid a hundred thousand dollars worth of student loans. Yep. You do not have to go to college to make a ton, a good living in this country. Right. We, we, we've said it on the show a thousand times. Let's let's read through the D's. What's the D's? alphabetical order we got dental assistant dental hygienist dental laboratory technician detective and criminal investigator diagnostic medical sonographer dispatcher except police fire medical and ambulance oh yeah that's every d notice doctor wasn't on that list okay let's they gotta go to college let's read through no no this list is not Oh, this is this, this has some that are this college. is the most in demand occupations in Missouri, college or not. Okay, we've made the observation that less than sixteen percent of these positions require a college degree. Let's go to the L's: landscape and groundscape, uh, landscaping and groundskeeping, licensed uh, practical and licensed vocational nurses. Um, That's LPNs, yep. stuff like that. Life you physical. Do have to, you do have to have training. You do have to have college LPN, yep. but you don't have to go to college. Right. Um, life physical and social science technicians, light truck and delivery don't service drivers. <laughs> I mean, as he's interviewers and clerks and locomotive engineers. Notice a lawyer is not on this list. 
Let's go to the E's. Oh my gosh. I'm just kidding. He's so, he's so into it. Let's go to the B's. Let's go to the C's. This is going to be like a four hour. No, no, no. What I'm getting at is engineer is not on this list either. So it's like your traditional things that you would no, think the of. Thing, the things that. Okay, so the things that actually take a college degree for you to go to, those positions are filled because there are a ton of overqualified people out there yeah, there's in a those million, fields. There's a million students that yeah. just graduated there over were, the last 10 years. There are some parents that said, hey, you have to have an actual degree that will give you a good job. And they were, half of them were like, okay, I'm going to get an engineering degree. Well, there aren't enough jobs to fill all those, to give all those kids jobs. Right. That makes sense? Right. So you're not going to, those jobs aren't in demand. Right. The jobs that are in demand, no one's going to school for. Right. No one wants to work hard to do a small apprenticeship for two years to get there. And then they want to, people want to bitch that they don't can't make any money. Well, Target only pays me $10. Do- well, go get another job. Mardell Books. You do not have to be <laughs> at... Go to, yeah. You I mean, I don't to, want to work hard ever. Trust me. But. You don't have to go to Target. You don't have to go to Walmart. You don't have to work at McDonald's. Go out there and get a job. Talk talk to people. Right. Go outside mm-hmm. and network. Yeah. You know, don't sit at home and play video games. Don't, you know, be afraid to go out and try new things. Oh, man, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Right. Get a job. I didn't even have, like, a plan. I literally just bought a camera on a whim. I mean, I like photography and then video, and I just started doing that. And then, like, three years later landing a job as a professional videographer and editor. So it's like, it's like you don't even have to even, people may think that I have to have some sort of master plan and I have to get, I have to get, get permission. And then I have to have this breakthrough. And it's like, no, just like, try something new. There's yeah. the key word. You don't need permission to be successful. That's right. College is permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You feel like you have to do it. Now, listen, I do know guys that have college degrees that make double what I make. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And they're not complicated degrees. You yeah. know, I know some guys that have engineering degrees that literally their job is a cakewalk and they make double than me. But I also know guys that have engineering degrees that make way less than me because they couldn't get those jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I now, mean? So don't feel like you, you absolutely have to do this to make X yeah. or to make Y. And the guys that are using and applying their college degrees and are are receiving the the I don't want to say mythical benefits, but the fantasy benefits of like, oh I'm gonna go to college and get a good job, right? The guys that have the really good jobs out of college, those are guys that got there from going to college, but then also applying themselves at college. At mm-hmm. college and at their good job. Yeah. Right? Like my brother-in-law, he went to an, a college I'd never heard of, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I can't remember what his degree is in, but he was literally like a 4.0 student, so was headhunted out of college right. you know, to get this job and makes a ton of money doing this job. Right. But it's not because he just quote unquote my fingers are up people yeah. went to college right. he went to college and fucking crushed it yeah mm. you know he and crushed then got it at college and then came out of college and kept crushing it and then yeah the second he got out he was like okay well i guess i'm gonna take this and fucking run with it right and then 
continued to do great. Yeah. You know, and, and now probably hates his job. I don't know. I have to ask and, him for a while, but and I the mean, people that didn't go to college, but that are crushing it or that are seeing success. It's because they also applied themselves. Yeah. So the one universal thing to success has nothing to do with college, but has everything to do with how hard you apply yourself and how much you apply yeah. yourself. And let's be honest. If you apply yourself and go to college and get a good job, and then you apply yourself and not go to college and get a good job, your chances of making more money re- is if you went to college. But that's not a fact. Right. That's not a given. That's just a statistical anomaly yeah. based on the past. Well, okay, so don't think that if, okay, if I don't go to college but I apply myself, well, you can use it as a crutch. I may not make as much and then just be happy with that. Right. Say, okay, no, you know what? I I see that, but I'm going to take advantage of that and I'm going to use it as motivation to know I can do that well and I'm going to do that well. The The difference, though, like... I think it is fact that the harder you apply yourself, the more success you're going to see. The problem is applying yourself becomes subjective. Yeah, 100%. So, like, it's been said that successful people are... It's been said that unsuccessful people do a little bit of work and wonder why they're not seeing success yet. Meanwhile, successful people bust their ass and apply themselves 24-7, 365, and wonder if they're still being lazy. So it all comes down to the subjective nature of, are you really applying yourself? Or did you work a little hard for a little bit and you're wondering why you're not successful yet? Like, it's a compounding thing. It takes time. And just because you applied yourself this week, you can squander all that away by... Fucking off all next week. Yeah, it's like it's like NFL defensive linemen. You know, you talk. They talk about guys all the time. Oh, the, this guy takes plays off. This guy does this. Well, the guys that don't take plays off and give the effort every time always have better numbers. Right. Always have more sacks. Always have more pressures. Always. Oh, he his motor just doesn't quit. No, the guys that are applying just because you have talent doesn't mean. If you have talent and you apply yourself every play, you're a Hall of Famer. If you have talent and you take plays off, you're a good player who makes good money. Right. You know, there is a there is always another level that you can get to. You know what I mean? Like right. I we've talked about this on the show. I just continually struggle with when do I say okay, enough is enough in this area. You know, have I done enough? Do I need to keep going? Right. You know, and then at the same time, you know, the next week I'm like, I've done enough. I'm right. tired. You know, right. I'm wore out. No, you can keep, you can keep going. It's just, are you willing to keep going? Right. You know, there are physical limitations. Let's be honest in the construction world. Not, not me, not just plumbers, not electricians, not just concrete guys, not uh, framers, not all of those guys as they get older have physical limitations, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually, you know, father time will catch up with you just like professional athletes will. But while just because you are older and a little slower doesn't mean you can't give max effort. Right. You know what I mean? You've, yeah. you've laid and by the time you get to that point, you've laid the groundwork to 
be successful when you lay off. You know what I mean? You've gained the experience that I don't have to give 100% max effort to make the same I was 10 years ago. Now I can, you know, I can coast at 80 well, and be making the same money. And a lot of times, too, you're leveraging... You're leveraging where... Um, well, and wisdom, too. You're leveraging your knowledge, your wisdom. Yeah. The things you've learned, the managers you've trained, if you have and, guys underneath you. Yeah, you're leveraging your manpower, too, right? So, like, 10 years ago, physically working hard may have been required, whereas 10 years later, you might have a team of guys that can do the physical work for you, and now, quote-unquote, working hard is making incredibly smart decisions and working for your people harder it, it might not be turning wrenches it might not be laying bricks it might be earning and putting together contracts that allow you to employ your team of bricklayers for the next year yeah you know what i mean so or, or staying up and working from six to ten you know trying to get them better health care to right. keep guys around right yeah like i mean very real thing in our business we're shopping our insurance. My dad's my insurance agent, and we're still shopping them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, by so. the way, I still haven't got life insurance after I switched insurance to Mr. Vixman. I got an hour car ride with him tomorrow, so I'll talk to you about that. Yeah, well, he uh, sent me this stuff, and I said, hey, you going to call me and let me know. You know what? I've got to – don't say anything to him because I've got to get that. Oh, here it is. Insurance on that other stuff. So, <laughs> but I don't want him to be sending me emails. So don't say right. anything to him. Um, God, he'll be just blowing up my phone. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, here it is. You know, we can better provide for our business if every year we're shopping our insurance and we're checking out. Are we ta- are we paying the cheapest price? Are we getting the best value? That's working hard, right? Yeah. Shopping insurance is incredibly painstaking. God, it sucks. Gosh, it sucks, right? (laughs) But here we're doing it. I switched all ours literally six months ago, and it took me um, like 45 days. It was Mm. like, why is this so painful? Right, right. And yeah, here we're doing it because it's the smart thing to do in the business, to, to analyze all that and to look at all that and to make sure we are indeed doing the right things. So... Um, there's, don't think working hard means you have to be physically turning the wrenches. So, yeah. And you know, that is a a problem for a lot of guys. Like for me, it's a problem. Like for guys that, that came up working hard every day, right? It's hard for them personally to say, okay, you know what? My bet, maybe my best of being tough and being out there and digging ditches and doing that. Maybe that's behind me. Maybe I just don't have, you know, because guys want to keep going, right? Yeah. It's just a pride thing with men. You just want to keep going. Sometimes you got to be like, man, maybe this 25-year-old kid, maybe he's the real deal and I need to just let him, yep. you know, take on the reins a little bit and give me a break. Yeah. I mean, it's hard for guys. Well, and, and some of it too, especially in the blue-collar world, um, there there is a... It's it's a stigma that goes around where your worth at any company has nothing to do with your mental contributions to the company and everything to do with your physical contributions. Yeah, and or so, jobs finished. Well, yeah, so like if you're not in the ditch working a shovel, then you're useless to the company. And so there are guys at those companies, and this is the wrong mindset. There are guys at those companies that would look – you know, if I'm in the ditch digging a shovel, well, then everyone else is useless. The accountant's useless. The bookkeeper's useless. The dispatcher's useless. The videographer's yeah. useless. 
If oh. you're not physically working as hard as me in this company, you're useless. And that's that couldn't be further from the truth, right? Yeah. So everyone has their role. Yeah. As you grow and as you develop, we each have our roles. And and that, I, I love the analogy of football, right? Uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes just came off an amazing game, right? No, cool. he didn't. He came off an amazing fourth quarter. Amazing comeback. The first three quarters, he sucked. Yeah. Damn it, Pat. But I was yelling at the TV for fucking four hours. He's he's getting pretty good at these ten point comes back he's, comebacks, right? He, he's the best quarterback in the league. That doesn't mean he can't piss me off. Yeah. <laughs> but to say, like, nobody else on the team is worthy because Pat Mahomes is doing everything, right? He's throwing touchdowns. He's running touchdowns. He's doing everything else. No, well, it takes a team. Guess what? He still has to have a center to, t- to hike the ball to him. He still has to have somebody to call the plays. He still has to have a defensive coordinator up in the booth to check out what, you know, the other offense is doing and, you know, everything else. So it, it takes a whole team. Yeah. And the moment guys start getting individual and act like they're more important than anything else, that's when that's when continuity starts to break down real fast. I saw a uh, I saw a YouTube video and it was really nice. It was a comparison that said a one-man film crew versus a 10-man film crew. And the one-man film crew did almost as good as a 10-man crew, but what happens though is like you open yourself up to like continuity issues and like mistakes of like, but when you have, you know, 10 different people and they're each able to devote a hundred percent to just audio or just set design or whatever. You know why that is the ability to blame others for failure. Mm. So you have a 10 man crew. You now have nine other people that you could blame for failure. If you have a one man crew, there is nobody to blame but yourself. Mm hmm. And when you eliminate the opportunity to blame somebody else for failure, performance increases dramatically. Yeah. So um, that's why it's good as you're building and developing a company to clearly define your roles and who's responsible for what and what success looks like in each one of those roles. Mm-hmm. Because if you eliminate the the ability, so the better you define what success looks like in each one of those roles individually, mm-hmm then what you're doing is you're saying, okay, well, if we had a failure, this role failed because they didn't model success for what their role pertains, and Mm -hmm. this role failed because they didn't model success. If you don't have that clearly lined out, then what happens is both those roles are pointing at the other guy. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do this because they couldn't do that, or or they're the reason this went downhill, and it's it's really ambiguous. So um, keeping clearly defined roles on that, like on your reference, that 10-man film crew, Mm -hmm. If all 10 of those people have a very clearly defined role on what success looks like, it really eliminates the, the ability to to blame failure on somebody else. Yeah, cause, ambiguous. Because they were kind of... Ambiguous. The whole, the whole kind of point thing was, is like, say if you have a budget of 10 grand, is it better to do it all yourself and profit all of it or, yeah. you know, hire 10 people? And it's it was interesting to see that, like, the guy who did it by himself, like, basically did almost as good. Yeah. But the thing is, too, they were doing, like, a dialogue scene. You know, that's not going to work in every case. But I thought it was pretty interesting is, like, you know, which would – it depends on your situation. Sometimes it is way more yeah. economical sense to do it all, but sometimes well, it's yeah, – Well, and that's the balance of business, right? You, there's, there's always – and it's – the balance of business isn't 50-50. The balance of business can be 60-40, it can be 70-30, it can be, you know, 20-20-20-20. You know, right. You know what I mean? There's always – balance doesn't necessarily mean 
I do this, you do that. It can mean this person does 10% and I do 90. It can mean Mm -hmm. whatever it takes to get to 100%. And every business is different. And what I mean by that is when you start out on your own and you decide, hey, okay, I'm going to hire this one guy. That one guy literally may be only doing 20% of the work and you may be doing 80. Right. Okay. But you may be paying that person more than 20% of the gross earnings. Yeah. To get that 20%, because that's just where you are at in your current business situation. You have to be able to take all of those different variables that come into business and that come into what is going to make your individual business successful and mold that into what you need it to be at that time. It is not going to be that way always. You have to be able to compare completely change track at any given moment and evaluate your current situation and be liquid and move mm-hmm. to a different spot. Does that yeah. make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. So like we currently right now in our company, we have seven employees of the seven employees. Um, I am number four on the income, like ranking of income list. You should be zero, right? The last Zero. The guys, <laughs> like, I'm not going to say there's a right or wrong way to do it, right? My roles that I am filling are probably worth way more than position, like, income. If we were to rank them in, like, highest income to lowest income, I'm number four of seven. Um, and uh, the as we're navigating through that, like, yeah, I could find a way to explain myself to say, oh, no, I'm worthy of number one. Right. But that doesn't leave enough business or left enough money in the business to grow it at the rate that I want to grow it. I know my long term dividends on the far end. Right. So currently right now, I don't want to do like a split on like how much percentage of the work I'm doing, but I'm definitely not taking the paycheck worthy of what we're doing in the company. And that's because I'm trying to leave as much in there as as I can so that the business can remain yeah you're trying to take you're trying to take you're trying to take the minimum to reinvest whatever monies you ha- can yeah. it, for growth yeah and and so like to get back to your point on the like what you were talking about you may have five guys and they're each sharing 20% of the work but they might not be each sharing 20% of the pay yeah the owner might be taking 10% of the pay yeah. And, and leaving the other 90% to be divided up amongst the five guys. Yeah. Um, it just kind of depends and that's on... A, and that moves as you grow. Yeah. I mean, it's not a weekly. It's not a monthly. It could be a yearly. It could be a... Bi- I mean, it could be... A, you never know when growth spikes are going to hit you. Yeah. You know, you can always... But you can always be prepared for that. Yeah. You know, you can always be conscious of, okay, the next steps are going to be... It, the reason I say that is because... You know, when I see people fail, it's usually because they were trying to suck too much off of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Instead of realizing that, okay, I need to stay here and be making just this amount of money so that I can have this money set aside for growth, they were just sucking it all off. Whatever They were paying this guy this, this guy this, this person this to take calls and then everything left over i was getting it all baby and then whatever i had to pay to taxes i just dealt with that later at the end and then they're kind of stuck in that rut all the time 
And, you know, we talk about being prepared before you start your business. You have to be prepared for growth the the entire time you're moving forward. Yeah. Okay, you have to be able to almost look into the future and say, hey, I'm going to be a visionary. This is what I see growth-wise. I think it's going to take this much money to get to that growth point. So there has to be a sacrifice somewhere. What do we talk about all the time? There's going to be a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. If you want to go to the gym and get tough, there's going to be a sacrifice. Yeah. If you want to grow your company, there's going to be a sacrifice. But where is that sacrifice? Is the sacrifice, I fire this guy or don't hire this guy to set that money aside? Or is it, I don't pay myself as much so that I can have that guy but set the money aside over here? Or is it both? Or is it both? Yeah. Or is it my wife is making way too much money to be secretary and she should probably be making 30 instead of 50. Maybe yeah. I need to tell her, no, hon, we're take, we have to have, I'm taking, I'm cutting your pay by 10 because we have to do, you know, yeah. we have to be trying to move forward because if we can't move forward, you're going to be doing this forever and we're going to be stuck here. Right. You know, there's just all growth takes sacrifice. Where is the sacrifice? Yeah. Yeah. The the way to navigate through all that because it can get it can get to be kind of a quagmire as you're navigating through all that. Of course it is. Um, there's, <laughs> it's a yeah. There's a there's a really a there's a really good phrase for how to grow through all that is as you're developing like a new you, you come across a new thing for your business and this thing's going to repeat itself over and over and over. Do it. Document it. Delegate it. So, okay, now our phone's ringing a whole lot more. And now, like like real-life example for us and our company, my wife does our bookkeeping and all of our office management and everything, and she was also answering all of our phones. And it got to a point where she could not do a good enough job on the bookkeeping and all the office management crap because – bookkeeping you get into these spurts where it's like you need 20 minutes of uninterrupted time to work through a set of problems in bookkeeping and the phone would ring well you can't not answer the phone if it's a customer calling right um you you can't ignore that so now she would have to stop what she's doing with the bookkeeping and answer the phone and book the service call and then she'd have to try to figure out where she was at and try to get back going in that. And then the phone would ring again. Right. So we identified like, okay, we got to find somebody else to answer the phones and maybe it's not all the time, but we got to get somebody else to answer the phones because you're really dropping the ball on the bookkeeping thing. She should have been doing the bookkeeping after hours. She, I mean, just from an outside perspective, she looks happier the last couple of weeks, whatever, whatever you've done. Like she seems not how she used to be like, yeah. You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> but I mean, it's like she look. I mean, just from the outside, I'm like, she's like a different Danielle. Yeah, she has to work four hours. She looks like that. <laughs> okay. I've known her a long time. That's just her demeanor. So, always. So what we did was we hired somebody to answer phones Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And so that leaves her. Tuesday. She still answers phones Tuesdays, Thursdays. Damn, how much money are you spending on fucking office help? This is a completely off topic. It's. Yeah, maybe careful. I might get some. You don't. There is not that much work going on. There's when when phones ring, you got to answer them fast. You got three rings to pick up the phone, or else that customer's going to hang up and go somewhere else. What are you doing all day? Yeah, 
That's what I thought. You sound, you sound yeah. a lot like Spencer. Some of the people I know. You know watch on. Yeah, like, I know what yeah. he's doing all day. He's fucking filming videos with you. Yeah. I mean, not so, answering the damn phone. Realistically, so. that's like we only film like one. Like that's probably every two weeks where it's like. Then the what the hell day. are you doing all day? Also? I'm editing. God damn! Just now he's starting to sound like now, Marcus. Now to, well, it takes me fucking twelve hours you need to, video. You need to come in to work with us one day and see what we do. Why? Because so I could run circles around all y'all. Uh, sure. Uh, I'll, I'll give sure. you my 500 gigabyte hard drive and you can yeah, you can, all the you files. can put this video together <laughs> I'd walk down so, to Joey and say hey I'll give you $100 to do this he'd be like I'll be done in 20 minutes <laughs> so we hired somebody to answer phones Monday, Wednesday, Friday we created a process you know, she had done it right do it, document it, delegate it so she documented how the call process goes how the phone call answering process goes and how to book a call very clear objectives we wrote down what success looks like in this position. And so then we hired somebody and we delegated answering the phones three out of the five days a week. Here you go. And we you know check up with them and everything else. But that now frees up Danielle to do all the bookkeeping and all the office management crap and all of her Zoom meetings that she has to do for checking in with accountants and checking in with insurance people and just all of that kind of stuff. She now can do that on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays and not be interrupted with the phones. So, um, and now we're even looking at having somebody answer the phones on Tuesdays and Thursdays because like today, she still had meetings that she had to be in and Zoom meetings and it, you know, you just run out of time. So, um, uh, in our business, it's pretty transaction heavy, right? We're doing, I don't know, 30 to 40 transactions a day. And so the bookkeeping side of that thing gets pretty tedious. Um, it's, I mean, QuickBooks helps you out, but it's still, it's still pretty tedious. You got to get in there and, and do all of that stuff by hand. So, and too, like we were talking about before about the tax thing is, you know, until you start delegating more, if your head stays in the trenches, you'll keep missing the, you know, the little things of like, oh, it's like we missed this tax thing or we missed this. It's like, right. you know, it's like looking back 20, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but it's like, say if you had been in a spot where you were like out of business more, you could have had more time to be like, wait, this accounting thing doesn't add up. Right, right. So like, sooner. so like the, the, we recently talked about it on the show, our big, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in tax surprise that we came across. I can't help but think that if I had spent less time working in the business and a little bit more time working on the business, we may have been able to head that off a little bit. Um, and so there's the value right there of standing back and letting other people do the processes that you've created so that you can focus on breaking the next link in the system. And you have a so, top-down view, too. Yeah. It's like you can kind of, rather than seeing it from a subjective point of view, from like, I'm in the middle of a job and this happens, you're able to see a top-down view. and. You're probably starting to see, too, as you're pulling out more and more things of like, oh, this was going on. I was oblivious to this for months. Absolutely. Thing, you know? we, we just implemented a couple of things with our marketing team and how we're communicating our marketing team to the people that answer phones. Mm -hmm. That one move right there will allow us to add probably 20 service calls a week to our schedule almost immediately, mm -hmm. like within two or three weeks, this one thing that we implemented. Well, 20 service calls a week to our schedule means we're hiring another plumber. 
And so like here within the next few weeks, we're going to be hiring another plumber. And that only came from the ability to get out of the field Mm -hmm. and look at it from an office perspective and say, hmm, I don't think we're quite being efficient here. And I think if we line this up with our marketing to this up with our dispatchers and our, our CSRs, then we can free up some room here. And so a couple of quick hour, like literally two weekends ago, we drove out to Columbia to my wife's, my in-laws farm yeah. um, and spent the farm out there. Well, Danielle drove spent the farm out there the spent, day at the farm. The, yeah. Spent the weekend at the farm. Wow. So literally the 90 minute People drive, say I drink too much. <laughs> the, the 90 minute drive to Columbia, I had Danielle drive and I sat in the backseat of my own pickup truck and I was pounding out this spreadsheet that was going to be the keystone piece to let all this communication happen. And I got it all done by the time we got out there. That 90 minutes alone right there is like the keystone piece that lets us hire another plumber. Maybe it's kind of like insecurity, what kind of keeps people from, like say they get into that role where it's like they're moving out from, like you see this in the restaurant industry where it's like, the manager is also it's the the key the kind of the phone word is the runager where it's like you're not just a manager you're you're running this you're doing that and like maybe there's insecurity and I felt it too where it's it's hard to back up and observe because you start to worry about like oh well people they're not seeing me like work and the and what they think is work and so they think I might not be doing anything and yeah. so it's like are they gonna still respect me but it's like what i'm doing i'm pulling away and observing is is you know a job worth doing well and so like in a very real thing in our business if i'm in the field i can't help make sure that we have calls on the board tomorrow and the next day and the next day Mm -hmm. if i'm in the office and i'm not having spending all my time dealing with customers and turning wrenches and fixing pipes and standing in shit filled ditches well, then I can be having conversations with the marketing team and the CSRs and everything else to help ensure that our next three to five day pipeline of work is full, mm. right? So um, that can't happen at all when I'm in the field. It also, another thing that can't happen is I can't be there to support our other plumbers. If I'm, if I'm talking with a customer about them replacing their water heater, I, if my, one of my plumbers calls with a question, I can't answer that phone call. In the effort of customer service to the customer that's standing in front of me, I can't take time away and and answer my plumber's phone call, right? So now the thing starts stopping. The flywheel starts slowing down simply because mm-hmm. I'm in the field. So coming out of the field at this level is actually helping everybody out more. Mm-hmm. So I think, like a personal experience, too, is like we make TV commercials. And so it's like I've, I've seen it before, too, firsthand where – say you get stuck in the field because of whatever situation and then you know you've you've invested 25 grand in gear so it's like there's been times where because of that you know I'm sitting in the van and it's like hours gone by wasted because of just like you know someone pulling you and not realizing that like if you stay out of like the ditches you know for a few you know right and those you know commercials it's like you can you know yeah. Bringing in profit and stuff. So. Yeah. It's it's about being able to kind of stand back and look at the bigger picture to, mm-hmm. to really focus on where the growth is and constantly applying your leverage where it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest thing that keeps like what I like your term that you used, your runager, um, that happens in all industries. And I think the guys get stuck in that position because of their pride. Mm-hmm. They want to remain the most like, let's say you're a chef. 
They want to remain the best chef in their restaurant. They don't want to actually own the best restaurant. They think they do, and they tell their friends that they do. They don't actually want to. They want to be the best chef in their own restaurant. They want to stack the deck so that they're the best in their company. Well, they could still be the best chef, own the restaurant, hire a general manager. Well, I just, you could. They're at the yeah, point where... You could totally where, hire a general manager. Well, yeah. they, they want to be able to profit a lot with whatever the money they're making, but they don't want to be the one that goes down with the risk if, if something goes down. Yeah, they don't want to risk hiring someone else. Well, and, and the restaurant industry is different, too, because the profit margin is so tight. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's insanely tight. If yeah. you have two bad nights a week, you're done in three months. Yeah. It's over. The... So the, the problem with the hiring the general manager type of thing, though, that is so rare because people that have started their own business through the blue collar type channel, they have a pride thing where they, they want to remain the smartest person in their company. And some of the fastest growing companies that I have been uh, like uh, in, the, in the peripheral of, like I've watched these companies grow, some of these guys were great HVAC technicians. They were great HVAC salespeople. They hired a CEO. They hired a COO. They yeah. hired a CFO, right? So they knew their role. They stayed on as like sales trainer and they hire an owner, but yeah. they hired people that are smarter than them to do the jobs that needed to get done. And and a lot of people can't do that. A lot of people have too much pride and they don't want somebody at their company that's smarter than they are. And I'm, as long I mean, as I'm, I'm making more money, I don't give a shit. Right, me, I'm the opposite. <laughs> yeah. like, well, they, they did an interview with Elon Musk where he that's actually another says... another topic for another day because that's bullshit. No, it's it's honest nope. to God truth. Nope. I would love to get the company to a point nope. where I'm I'm like... Nope. I'm very much so not the smartest person in the company. No, nope. they, they so, interviewed Elon Musk, and he actually says he spends like eighty percent of his time on engineering because that's what he loves doing. So it's interesting where it's like, um, and the same thing with Johnny Ive. Whenever he's still at Apple, they they were ha- like he's sort of behind the design and engineering and stuff, and they were trying to have him do all these keynote presentations, and he's just like, they stay true to like what they like and what they do best, and they're just like. You know, maybe maybe you start a company, but maybe what you do best isn't like being the CEO or the CFO. Right, right. I so, can see you never letting go of the social media side of Smedley, though. No, well, I have a knack for that. Yeah, so, so like maybe that sort of thing is like, say you do eventually hire a CEO and a CEO, whatever it is, and you're just like, I'm I'm always doing this because I love this. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, I have a knack for the the plumbing skill thing, and I have a knack for like the social media thing. But I mm-hmm. cannot wait to get to a point to hire like a controller, mm-hmm. a, a financial controller that tells me what to do with our money in the company. Like that would be freaking awesome. Not happening. Oh, it'll happen. Oh, I could, I could see it happening. It just, it's only because it's like. No, it's the I same. Mean, as, it's the same thing as an accountant. You think that you're hiring the right guy, okay? And until someone is proven, it doesn't matter. I. It so, doesn't. So even if you, even if you think you're hiring the right person to tell you what to do with your money, doesn't mean they're telling you the right thing to do with your money. Well, I mean, it's, it's always and subjective, get, right? And like, when you get there, you're talking about so much money that it can completely ruin you. Yeah. So, I mean, essentially, I've already hired what they call a fractional CFO. Uh, so they spend a few hours uh, a month looking at our finances and advising us. Like, I don't have, we don't have enough money coming through the company to have an on-staff CEO on salary 24-7. But... Um, 
I have what you would consider like a fractional CFO. So they spend a fraction of their time peeking into our finances and, and saying like, okay, here's what you need to go, go there. And okay, now I know. And so we start going in that direction. You need so, to pay someone to tell you what to do with your money. I'm happy to just, <laughs> like, I mean, look in six, eight hours a week. Tell yeah. you, hey, this is what you should now, be doing. For clarity, this is not because we have so much surplus money we don't know what to do with it. This is more like cleaning up all of the financial stuff in the company and helping ensure that we don't get that $47,000 tax surprise again. 30 days, so, they say, come to you and say you have too much office staff for the amount of money you're doing. No, I, 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 I literally went to them and said, at this moment, we are office staff heavy, yeah. but we are staffed at a level that can house. So right now we have four plumbers on staff. Um, we're staffed at a level that can handle five to eight plumbers. So but then uh, you need to be at eight plumbers. Right. And so I went to them like with the task of get us to five to eight plumbers. I have the perfect staff ready for it. And you can't have eight plumbers without having the staff. The staff had to come first. So we have the office staff ready. Now we need to do things smart with our finances to get to the eight plumber platform really fast. So that's our next move. I've been looking into whenever he's ready to hire another videographer slash editor. I'm starting to look at I have a friend that I might. He ain't going to need two. You should be getting a raise first. I already got one. Oh, good for you. You're welcome. <laughs> well, he says you're welcome. We uh, thank you, Dave. You're welcome. Dave. <laughs> you're gonna give it to him, even though it had nothing to do with him. Of course it didn't. I just the thing I gotta. I've only been bringing it up. I've only been bringing it up every fucking week. I gotta week. feed the ego. Yes, Dave, that was your idea. Yeah. So good, Dave. So good, Dave. Good Dave. Thank you. I don't, I don't, He's looking at me. He's like, "You're no. saying it now, but I'm gonna punch you in the face." <laughs> with this no, podcast. I don't. I have no. I have no ego. I don't know why I'm just grabbing the mic like I'm some Austin, rock singer over here. Austin beat me to it. We had he, he beat me to it by about three or four weeks. So he come to you and say, "Hey, motherfucker, I'm out. Where's no. my money, bitch?" No, it was <laughs> no. Yeah, just several things, you know. Yeah. Well, we don't have to approach it very tactfully. We're an hour and twenty minutes. You better wrap it up. All right, we're not well, gonna drag Austin through the mud here. If we'll do you that uh, after the podcast, <laughs> yeah. If you guys saw value in this show, if you liked what you're hearing in this show, please do us a favor and help share the show. Also, if you guys have any questions at all for our business, your business, anything of that regard, uh, send us an email to askmitch at mitchsmedley.com, and uh, we can get those emails. You can also find us on social media. We spend more time on Facebook than anything else because we're that boomer side of the millennials where we are more Facebook and less Instagram. We're and, not millennials. I know. Well, a, you we're Xers. I don't care. When I was 13, they were like, you're Generation X. I was like, okay. Yeah, and then and millennials then, come and through we, and they say millennials are from like they, 80 and after. Yeah, and then they gra- and then we graduated and they're like, oh no, you're a millennial. I was like, fuck you. The I'm metrics not a change. Like, I don't understand like Generation X and Z and Y. And they, changed this. It, they changed it all. You know what the next one is, right? Start like over A. Who cares? Alpha. They're all stupid. Alphas are 10 years old. My, my kids are Generation Alpha right now. That'd be layless. My, I guess mine would be too. Yeah. So I guess it just so I'm wondering how long over. it until they change that. And I wonder what it means. Uh, nothing. Pretty for Generation it means P. exactly nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Generation P. Yeah. Something. 
So, um, yeah, guys, feel free to send us questions. Um, anybody who's messaged us or emailed us or whatever would tell you we, we get back to you pretty dang fast. So we love all the interaction. We love hearing your guys' success stories. Um, it is one of the coolest things ever to watch people start their own companies and, and uh, knowing that they've you know, taken some of the advice from the show and advice from many other areas. But it's, it's just really cool to watch other people succeed. So that's the whole foundation for this show. So um, until next time, guys, we will see you later. Thanks, guys. We'll see you.